life. Are you growing with it or feeling left out? Either way or in between, you're in the right place today with the host of Change Already, Your Future, Your Choice, Jillian. She's an award-winning author and radio personality. She's warm, she's fuzzy, and she's got an attitude. Welcome. I'm your host, Jillian Moss-Backman, and this is Change Already, Your Future, Your Choice. In the last couple weeks, again, we've been discussing the subject of spiritual trends. What does it mean? Listen, I'm going to keep riding this wave of this series as long as it takes me to exhaust everything that I feel needs to be said, but for some reason it just keeps going on and on and on. Now, don't get me wrong about that. I'm thrilled that I'm able to keep talking about a subject that's near and dear to my heart and hopefully for the rest of you. But what I find incredible is that I had no idea how popular it was going to be. Not only are the discussions happening here each week about it, but they're also happening out in the world And I'm getting some really good feedback on the subject. I didn't realize, I guess, how near and dear a lot of you really are working on your own spirituality and embracing the idea of spiritual trends and what that means and and how it goes down in your life and how each one of us define it as we go along in our younger years and then as our older years. It's really great that it's pushing some hot buttons in a lot of you guys because the whole idea of spiritual trends, what does it mean, is exactly that. What does that all mean? But like all good things, the subject at hand has to come to an end. So I've created this great big finish (laughs) to tie the whole thing together in a couple weeks and bring everything to a culmination. And I thought, what better way to do that through music, art, and celebration of spirituality and the trends and how each one of us express that on our own. So I'm happy to announce the final broadcast of this series. Ta-da! I know it is going to come to an end. <laughs> it's going to be on the road. I'm going to host with another couple of extraordinary artists, a huge open house event in Chicago on April 3rd from 6.30 to 8 p.m. at the Hilton Amis Gallery in downtown Chicago. When I started seeing this vision, I don't know, months ago, I kept having this thought that I was supposed to be doing an event in Chicago because I hadn't really done anything yet since my book has been out because it just didn't feel like the right time, which is so strange because that's my home area and I have a very good following and people know me quite well in that area, but it's like I didn't have the right pieces together. It just didn't feel like I had the right time or the people involved because it didn't feel like it was an event that was supposed to be all about me. So I brought in a couple of my favorite people in my life, myself, Father John Mulder, who's a jazz musician and a Catholic priest, 
and a contemporary artist, and her name is Erica Hilton, who is also the curator of Hilton Galleries in Chicago. We're going to put together an event that I'm calling Triumphant Expression of Three. These artists are highly regarded in their own perspective field, and I decided we would have a roundtable discussion and panel where each one of us could share our personal stories and even some tips on how we transpose our own universal intuitive thoughts, sounds, and visual images into our perspective arts that we do and the creative way that we see the world. In my case, it's writing my book, Beyond the Pews, and in John Mulder's case, it's composing a jazz melody, and in Erica's case, it's painting a work of art. From So these guys have come together with me. I'm just thrilled about this event. John's going to be playing excerpts from his latest compositions that he's been working on. He played a little bit for me a couple weeks ago, and I thought it was just magical, of course but I don't know how much he's played out in public. So this might be one of the first times that we get to hear his latest intuitive, creative endeavors out there. And Erica is going to be displaying her art, of course, in her own gallery. And she's going to share some really good details on her own spiritual journey to create her artistic masterpieces. If you haven't heard of Erica Hilton or seen her art yet, she has this poetic way of molding her poems and words that she says in combination with her art work and pieces that she does. It's just breathtaking. So when I just thought I had that all done, we have another artist that is adding and joining into the evening festivities, and her name is Elizabeth Alfano. She's the executive director and host of Fear No Art and the Dinner Party. She's an extraordinary person as well in her own wheelhouse. She does this monthly broadcast of events in Chicago, and she too brings together an eclectic group of artists, entrepreneurs, people, chefs, and then she has throws a dinner party and actually has it on air. She's real popular in the Chicago area and all of the Midwest. She's going to be lending her talents as the moderator for this impromptu discussion that we're going to have on spiritual trends and different ideas of how we come to our creative expressions in the world. It's going to be a wonderful event. It's very well grounded with these creative artists that are brought together in one moment in time. It'd be great for those of you that are already into the creative arts and maybe you'll find another way of expressing your own spiritual intuitive thoughts in the world or even artists that are beginning that not sure how to connect the dots between things that are happening in your head, the visuals, the thoughts, and the sound and, and funneling and channeling them into works of art at the other end. It's going to be impromptu and it's going to be wonderful. And the other part that I decided to do is, like I said, all good things come to an end. I'm going to be wrapping up that series on spiritual trends and I'm going to be broadcasting my show live at the Contemporary Gallery 
Erica Hilton's Hilton Amis Gallery at noon on April. I'm going to bring that last show together, and I want to talk about holding your spiritual center, how to spread the love and push it back in and out again. One of the things I've realized as an artist, and I see this through most of the artists that I hang out with, it's how this energy spirals from artist to earth and earth to artist. And it has this spiraling effect of going back and forth and back and forth. And I don't think we're anything special. I think all of us have that spiral energy inside of us but it's up to us and we have to decide how we're going to link these elemental diversities inside ourselves, this spiraling energy, into creative expression. Now, you don't have to be big and write a book or do composures, but you do have to learn how to express this creative spiral effect of energy inside each one of us. I want you to get the complete information on this free interactive event. It's, you're going to be able to get up close and personal with all three of the artists and our newest one, Elizabeth. I'd love for you to invite your friends. It'd be a great group activity. It's on a Thursday evening, April 3rd. And just make a night of it. We're going to, you can listen to music. You can listen to storytelling all in the auspices of beautiful art space around you. You want to go to my website, Jillian Moss Backman, and there is a page on Facebook and Twitter, and you can also find out information at imaginepublicity.com. Feel free to repost wherever Spirit tells you to post, because the more the merrier, I'll be signing copies of my book to sell, and John will also be there with his CDs. He has several. And Erica will be available for purchase on her own art and even talking to her about commissioning a piece that maybe you want to see in a visual creation of what you've created in your life. So I hope to see you there please come and join the Expression of Three. It's going to be a a wonderful evening and a a one-of-a-kind. It won't be repeated ever again. Last week's show, I started and talked to Andrew Harvey. This is the second time I've interviewed Andrew in the last four years. I I interviewed him four years ago and then had him back in this series because I thought it was important that we hear his perspective and have a good open discussion of where he sees things going and where we've been. One of the coolest things I admire about Andrew, and I told him this on air, is he's so open and authentic. And sometimes you get a little squeamish listening to him because he doesn't mince his words. He's feisty like myself, and he's not afraid to ruffle feathers out there to get his point across. I think in this vanilla world sometimes, especially in the media genre, we try to stay somewhat in an open forum of neutrality, which I try very often. But sometimes you have to go off the beaten path and really say it like it is and just get in there and try to encourage people to have a different thought 
or see things differently maybe than they haven't before. He's such a wonderful interview. He has that loving tongue with his British accent that kind of softens the blow of whatever he's going to say that's coming at you. He was a really good guest because he goes with the flow, so I don't really need to set up anything other than the outline. And boy, did we go at it. If you didn't listen to that show, please find it on the website at my website, JillianMossBackman.com. You can Google it at Change Already with Jillian or Change Already Your Future, Your Choice, and you can always find it on iTunes. He was very good at articulating his position on what's happening outside America in the world all over. When we interviewed each other four years ago on my other show, we both had this joyous tennis to us, and we seemed to be very optimistic of where things were going. And we were able to have a good conversation on his latest book at that time on 10 10 activities one can do right now to become spiritually closer to your own spiritual growth and knowing. Both somewhat naive, I suppose, at that time. He didn't use that word, but I'm placing that word on what I felt the interview was. We fast forward and we talked last week, four years later, and and his voice and his thoughts were basically the same, but it wasn't so much the words he was saying during his conversation with me on air. It was more about what he wasn't saying in his presentation. He seemed a little sad, don't you think? He sounded like he was a little disappointed, like he thought we would be further along the spiritual awakening path, as I did too, And he was really concerned about all the civil unrest going on, the conflict, and he really sounded like he was having trouble finding spiritual value in all that human suffrage. And it really set me back while I was listening to him on air, and I tried to stay optimistic, and I I, I don't want you to believe that we're not optimistic, both of us. But I think at this point in the juncture of spiritual evolution, it sounded like we have a more reasonable and realistic grasp on what's going on out in the world in spiritual awakeness and just religious changes and people treating each other better which basically is spiritual awakeness anyway. It was wonderful to listen to him, but I want you to take away and understand that we are still very optimistic. There's a conflict between each one of us that I think resonates with the rest of you. We all intrinsically want to have better lives. We all intrinsically know that we can do better out there than what we're doing. Yes, it's very hard to stay optimistic and stay on the peaceful side of understanding spirituality. And the trends are making it even more challenging because 
we have to filter through what's real and what's not real. My takeaway from that whole conversation was last week was stay the course. Realize that at some point this will turn around and is turning around now even though we can't see it in the visual properties that are coming at us, or we hear the negativity that's in our hearts, in other people's hearts, and they have no problem telling us how bad the world is. I refuse to buy into the idea that we can't make it to the next evolution of spirituality and religious freedoms. As much as Andrew Harvey and I really want to keep moving on the force, the one thing that we finished that entire show on, which was his latest book, The Hope, because we can't get to love the vision of hope. I hope, in parentheses, that you got that from the entire conversation last week. Again, go back and listen to it and see what you come away with, and see if it's the same kind of vision that I have. We're making progress. We may not see it in this lifetime, but we don't always do the work of self-growth and awareness for peace and harmony just for ourselves. Keep our eye on the goal that we're doing it to, to improve our personal lives our spiritual lives, and the people in the next generation to come. The next segment, I want to talk about committing to your own spiritual cause and how trends fit with that subject of commitment. I'll see you in a few minutes on Change Already with Jillian.
Looking for more? Welcome back. Here's your host, Jillian, warm and fuzzy with an attitude. Welcome back to Change Already, Your Future, Your Choice with Jillian. I could just pinch myself thinking about that event I'm going to have on April 3rd. You know how when you have a vision in your head, and of course it's only your vision, but you know you want everybody to join in on the party? <laughs> it's like an intuitive party in my head. You know, I saw the vision, and then I thought, well, I want this person, and I want this person. And you have no idea how honored I feel that we now have three other artists that are just impeccable in the work that they do and the voice that they have in their own creative wheelhouses and things. It's just going to be an extraordinary night And the reason I said it's not going to repeat itself, because it's not. Because when you work with these kind of events, you go with your gut and you go with your intuition and you just let it free flow from your mouth. It takes a lot of courage to do that. But, you know, when you are involved in a creative process, it doesn't just happen overnight. There's a saying in the, the career world that you can call yourself an expert, and I am by no means calling myself an expert in what I do, obviously. But they say you can consider yourself in an expert vision if you've done over 10,000 hours and dedicated that time that it takes to know your craft, know who you are, and do what you do out in the world. So I was thinking about that between myself, Father John Mulder, Erica Hilton, and now Elizabeth Elizabeth Alfano. How many hours, if you collectively put the 10,000 hours together, you're talking about two or three lifetimes in an expression of diversity and art and creative knowledge of what spirituality looks like in their mind. So please, I encourage each one of you, no matter where you're at on the path, if you're in the Midwest area or you want to travel in and and come to the event, I think it would be worth your while, not for me, but to hear the other three people that will be involved in the process. And it's the dynamics of that conversation that will change the universe. I think that's what Andrew Harvey and I were trying to talk about last week, is that spiritual trends, what does it mean? Maybe it's not a matter of how we get there, but it's a matter of committing to the process of doing it. There is no blueprint or any way to find that own sweet spot of spirituality and peace and calm that we talk about all the time. But there has to be some level of commitment by each one of us to see the vision of being a better person inside our head. 
what's the point of exploration if you're not doing it with an open heart to find a better rendition of yourself? Why write a book or do a painting or even do a melody if it doesn't touch someone else's soul and make them go somewhere else? One of the challenges that I think is happening nowadays is that we are not committed to finding that path, and when we find the path, we try to change it. I think dearly about the controversy that's going on at the Church of Wells. How in the world can anyone absolutely believe that by pounding something into your head over and over and over again leads to a commitment in someone's heart to follow and give themselves to a higher value of what they're here to teach and learn? I had the opportunity of going to Toronto, Canada to see my Swami several years ago, and it struck me so deeply in ways that even now I think about the story every day. He was speaking at a huge convention, and it was a different religion than he was. It was an offshoot of what he was, which was Hinduism, and a very small sector. And they had asked him to come and speak during a picnic that they were doing out in the park. And he asked me to go, and I went with my friends, and we traveled from America clear into Toronto, Canada. And I watched this man. He was 80-something, and he had just had a kidney transplant that he gave a kidney to one of his sannyasins. And he was walking as fast as he could. I could barely keep up with him. And he was just in this zone of commitment to the process of what he had to do in front of him. He wasn't really paying attention to what was going on around him. And by this time, there were thousands of people behind us and our small group for which he was leading the pack. These people that were in this particular group They say mantras over and over and over and over again to the point that if you had a conversation with them, they were so rote in what they knew and were told what to say, they couldn't even carry on a conversation with us. However, they were committed to what they had chosen, whether I believed it or not, and followed their way or not, which I didn't, because I believe in free-flowing spirituality. But what struck me and has stayed in my mind and my heart is the commitment they had towards what they thought they knew, because they had learned words. They really hadn't learned how to live it. They simply learned how to wrote communicate through their voice to others. My Swami, Swami Mohan, went up to the podium and people were eating lunch and they were having 
a good time and they were talking amongst themselves and laughing and giggling. And he stood in front of them and said he was not going to be speaking. (laughs) He told the crowd of thousands that he had traveled from directly from India to Canada to be a part of this humongous celebration of spirituality and religion and that he was not going to address them at that time. He simply told them that there's a time to eat and there's a time to pray and to be a part of the spiritual growth. And the two do not overlap. He explained to them in a very short rendition of one must be committed to your spiritual calling and your spiritual growth. And that doesn't mean diverting your attention between eating a sandwich and listening to the words that he chose to speak through him through the force greater than himself. With that, he walked off the stage. We were stunned. I didn't even know what to say. I'd never seen anything like this. I'd never seen someone so committed in the message for what they had been brought there to do, and the message was really in silence. I felt that same commitment from Andrew Harvey last week. It wasn't the words that he was saying. It was the undertone for which it was given. As the Swami started coming off the stage, he gave a notice to the rest of us, the small entourage that had come with him, that we were leaving the festivities. As we started walking, I should say as he started jaunting, he sat down beside a tree to rest for a few minutes. People were coming up and bawling, kissing his feet, begging him not to leave, begging him to address the crowd for which they had been waiting hours to see. I don't know if I would have made the same choice he did because he was not interested in saving faith and he was not interested in telling people what they wanted to hear when they were half listening to the message he was bringing. His commitment was undying that day He sat by the tree and we took a quiet moment and he said hardly anything. This Christian couple came over and wanted to know what was going on. He didn't speak any English, so he asked me to be their interpreter for what was being said. The Christian group said, the Christian couple said to me, well, I've come to teach him a few things about religion and what he needs to know. His comment back was, we are all just simply one drop in the river of spirituality and life. Ego only happens when you believe and see yourself as the drop of water rather than the raging river like the rest of us. Okay to have the idea of what you believe religious and spiritual identity means in your life. But it's the commitment and the hope that keeps it going, 
within all of us. He jumped up from the tree where we were. The Christian couple marched off in displeasement because they didn't hear what they wanted to hear from this master interpreter of spiritual trends and life. An awakened master that really didn't care whether you got it or not because he fully understood that spirituality is something you have to identify for yourself. Boy, did he have commitment to that process. We jumped up. (laughs) I ran, quite frankly, to keep up with my master teacher. He was just as joyful and happy as when he went on the stage as he came off the stage. He bid them all a farewell, good luck in your spirituality, and hope that you find what you're looking for, but that you may need to look a little deeper than the mantras you're saying and the classes you're taking and the trends that you are following. Because in the end, It's just a boat ride from a trip from Canada back to the other side of America, stepping on the land, and you just keep moving. So the word for this week is commitment to your spiritual trends. I'm not asking you to stop exploring identities and find out which fits for you, but please, Try to line up the vision intuitively that you have in your head with the physical manifestation that we do in our lives. I think Andrew Harvey, myself, and Swami Mohan are very hopeful, even though one is gone now to the other side, bless his heart. I want you to realize we're still very hopeful for the spirituality of peace and harmony. It's happening. It's going to continue to happen. But praise those people like Andrew Harvey and the rest of them, the artists that I'm having in a couple weeks for speaking and showing their truth to the rest of us. Next week, I'm going to wrap up the show with Kate King. She was supposed to come on a couple weeks ago, but she had a conflict of scheduling. It's going to be a fun show. We're going to talk about crystals and energy and the misnomer and how it's gone way out of proportion on crystals and rocks and all those different kind of things that really do carry energy of healing energy that can be helpful for all of us in the physical. But between now and then, I want you to remember, change doesn't have to be difficult, but it is necessary to grow. I'll see you same place, same time. Change already with Jillian. Your future, your choice. Thanks for joining Jillian today. Don't miss her famous at-home personal enrichment lessons. You can complete them on your own time to accelerate your personal change. They're simple and nothing like you've experienced before. Just like Jillian, warm and fuzzy with an attitude. So change already. 